Hello, it is Christine Conti and Brian Prendergast, and we are Two Fit Crazes and the microphone. We're where it's at. This is super exciting because we are on location podcasting this That's evening. It. We're out of the uh, the bunker, the two uh, the uh, Two Fit Crazes and a microphone recording bunker. Although that room has a big yellow wall. And last time when I came in, our big Two Fit Crazies poster was up there, and it was really freaking cool. Like, it was at, like, we said, you know, you have a banner, we have arrived. So, <laughs> um, needless to say, we're okay without the banner because um, we have such an awesome guest tonight, which we are going to get to in a couple minutes. And you are so going to enjoy this because um, there's just a wealth of knowledge that he's bringing to us. And before I get ahead of myself, um, just want to throw it out there. Um, the last time we podcast, it was the day of the New York City Marathon, and we went through and, and talked about how how that's such a great experience. And Shalene Flanagan, um, over forty years, we've got a United States woman who who won, and that's just the coolest. You got thing me talking about ever. running for about forty minutes. Yeah, that's what you got. We, we got a little um, carried away, and I know um, I got some feedback from the last podcast, and they were like, the podcast was so. And it's so engaging for like 40 minutes. And then the last 13, you guys started a new topic and, oh, you should have waited. So we'll come back to that. That's, that's what I need I names. Who, who's yeah, talking? We'll who's talk talking? later about that. But we like feedback. So again, give us feedback and, you know, it's, it's always great for us. Um, but I did walk in tonight and... I already took my picture of Brian. What's what's going on? It's another. Uh, it's still November. Yeah. We're still raising awareness for men's health, with me sporting this dirt over my my uh, between my nose and my lip here. It's fantastic. Yeah, I've got a nice mustache going. I said if I could grow one, I'd try and be with you, but it's I, just not happening. I feel like a teenager that's like trying to grow the mustache out for the for, for one of the first times ever, you know? I think, yeah, I think it's growing. I think it looks good. Yeah, you know, I'm may, convincing myself as we go. The girls are going to love it in school. Yeah. They are. Yeah. You're, just, you're fine. There's only one girl, and it's my wife, and she doesn't love it so much. So I said, give it time. It'll grow. Right. I'm sure that's just very macho. Really happy about that. But all right, without any further ado, um, we are going to get into such an amazing guest today. His name is Mike Keenan, and I can't wait for you to hear um, some of the some of the amazing things he's going to tell. He has got such a great story. I know I spent some time with Mike um, in the last couple of months, and really, it's. We love stories. Brian and I love stories. Life is about stories. It's about connections. It's about experiences. It's everything. Right? And we just, we love it. So, um, Mike, we want you to go ahead and introduce yourself. I know we're going to ask you tonight kind of your story. How did you mm -hmm. get where you are today? And you are a very successful person, very well respected. Don't even. You, you are. Um, but going back, I mean back in New York and you were working with mm -hmm. um, professional athletes that that's just amazing to us so if you could without further ado Mike Keenan well I really want to thank you for having me on tonight Christine and, and Brian it's truly an honor to be on part of your part uh, your podcast here and I'm looking forward to sharing some good stories and some, maybe some good information um, Basically, my story starts out with a, a, you know, running down on a on a kickoff in high school and tearing my ACL. So I was only 18 years old when I first encountered the medical system and, uh, you know, what what was out there for people that were hurting and 
at that point, I said, well, gee whiz, you know, I think I can do it better than the treatment I'm getting. So I pursued physical therapy and then eventually got into athletic training. And then after I graduated from undergraduate, I went over to the University of Buffalo and got involved in exercise physiology. So I really have kind of a diverse background, both from the research end and the practical application end. And now, Mike, where sure. was that that you were in high school? Wantua High School out on Long Island. Sorry, I just had to throw that plug in there for Long Island <laughs> since we're both, we're both Long Island people. So that's, I'm, that's I'm really doomed. cool. I'm sorry. I'm doomed. You got a Jersey boy in here with a I'm couple sorry. of Long Islanders. The, the New Yorkers are right. here. So. You know, the truth of the matter is uh, growing up in Wantua, Jones Beach, I had, you know, when I married a Jersey girl, I end up, I had to come back to the shore. Excuse me, <clears throat> to the shore. So uh, that's why I love living here in Manasquan. It's, it's just a great place to have a business and, and live. So, um, you know, after graduating, I went out to work for a physical therapy company that happened to be the physical therapist for the Islanders when I got there. So uh, basically, I took the players from the time they got hurt to the time they got back on the ice when the Islanders traveled. Their trainer went with them. There was no one there to help them uh, get back to, you know, playing at, at that level of conditioning and, and that level of skill. Uh, so I guess I was one of their first strength and conditioning coaches, if you want to look at it that That's way. That's awesome. I, what a great experience. And what, having, what, years, what years are we talking about? This How, is 1989 uh, through about 1994. Okay. And uh, I was there during the, the Pat LaFontaine I was going to say LaFontaine, mm-hmm. sure. And then Pat Flatley was the mm-hmm. captain after, after Pat LaFontaine left. And, um, you know, it was just a great experience having played ice hockey, getting on the ice with these guys was really kind of thrilling for me. So I was a clinician, but I was also a fan, which was really kind of great. I was going to make a Mike Keenan joke, but, I, you know, the, with the hockey, but uh, I guess it works. I you had know? a lot of fun with that back, you know, in 94 when the Rangers won the Cup. Yeah. You know, if, for those people who can remember that far back, I mean, being a Ranger fan has been kind of tough the last few for, years. For a Rangers fan, that's all you have. You know, <laughs> yeah. we, we hold on to it. Hey, listen, the Jets are back to 69. I have to try, you know, thank God I could say I was alive for that one. But, uh, you know, and then, um, you know, married a Jersey girl, moved to New Jersey, kind of got out of the field of um, athletic training, working with athletes, and got into work reconditioning, which is basically people who do manual labor, but also work as hard as an athlete's going to work, you know, depending on, on what kind of job they do, whether it be, you know, construction or factory work or something like that. It's so important. I, you don't normally think about people who specifically work with them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know my, my dad grew up and he was very manual labor was, mm-hmm. you know, work for Grumman and, you know, right on, um, right in sure, Farmingdale right page, sure. and had a, had a very, you know, laborious job mm-hmm. and got hurt and hurt his back and was always in therapy, but there, mm-hmm. you know, there, it was the sports physical therapist, but that's mm-hmm. something that people don't normally think about. It's far more people doing manual labor than there are playing sports. That's for sure. Hey, absolutely. And, uh, the whole field of work hardening and work reconditioning you know, took me out of the athletic realm, so to say, uh, and got me more involved in that. But um, just to kind of put a little bit of a close to this, uh, having been in the medical system now from the late 80s, this brings us up to around 2000, 2002, uh, one of the things that I realized is that there was such heavy emphasis on the exercise component and the other lifestyle factors which lead people to chronic illness or chronic re-injuring, uh, re-injury rather, was being neglected. And again, I got to that point in my career where I said, you know what, I think I can do this better. And despise, despite me, I should say, trying to push for more of that in the physical therapy realm, it just wasn't going to happen. 
So in 2003, I opened up my first fitness studio here in Manasquan with the idea of taking that person that didn't fit into a traditional uh, gym-type atmosphere and needed more one-on-one, but more importantly, needed some of the lifestyle coaching, which I hope we'll talk a little bit more about today. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I, I, I love it. That's what I do um, myself. You know, we mm-hmm. work on ev- everything. Um, you know, diet, nutrition, obviously, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the diet and the exercise, but there's that whole other part of it that, you know, if you don't turn that page, mm-hmm. we're going to lose out, you know, we're just not going to get a whole lot out of it. Right. Well, well, so many uh, people will come to me and they'll say, um, I'm doing X for exercise or I'm eating Y and Y aren't I making the changes that I'm looking for? So most of the industry focuses on calorie burning and calorie consumption, but we're not a bank. It's not like putting money into the bank and withdrawing. We're actually a living, breathing entity that is based, that is controlled by hormones and enzymes. So if you take the hormonal effect and the enzymatic effect of food and exercise into the equation, we can really make positive, effective changes to optimize someone's health and wellness without maybe jumping through all the hoops that a lot of us were accustomed to seeing in the industry. So, uh, Now, Mike, how, and this is what's kind of fascinating to us, we'd love for you to expound on this, is Mm -hmm. when someone comes in, and I know Brian and I talk about this, we we want people who, say, are broken, but people that really mm-hmm. need a little bit more that I, I think fitness is 90% mental. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, you know, once you get over that mental, then you could start understanding what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So what is it that you tell people? Well, w- when people first come here, you know, it's really important we understand what their why is and what their goals are. What, what is it that they want to accomplish when they, when they walk in here? So I spend a lot of time, and just so you know, the name of my business is KM Fitness, located in Manasquan. And um, we do an initial consultation with them. And I go through, you know, what is your medical history? What medications are you on? Uh, What is it that you've tried before that may or may not have worked for you? You know, um, getting into that specific goal, the mental component of it, as you you mentioned, if if someone identifies they have a strong why and I can work on that, then, you know, getting up early in the morning to prepare a meal, not just to start their day, but maybe to take with them, you know, is a big deal. Or coming home and preparing that meal at nighttime or getting up and doing a specific exercise program is not as difficult because they know why they're doing it. And I think that's a real important component to, to our program. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, the people don't always come to us when things are going really, really well. You know, there's usually, you know, something more to it that they, mm-hmm. you know, they've either tried or they're, you know, they're just on the merry-go-round or they've, you know, done every diet and in the book and done mm-hmm. the cleanses and the shakes and, the, and, 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 you know, from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really important. And it's also important, you know, for, for people, you know, when were, when were you feeling well, when, when did you feel good and what were you doing then? And, you know, maybe there's something that, that we can work with there. And it's, it's always, a you know, the layers of the onion, we just keep peeling and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, that's beautiful. It's great work you're doing. Well, we we look at you know the what I guess you would call the metabolic effect of exercise and nutrition. You know? Tell us more about that because okay. I, I know that yeah. that's your thing. We've had a fa- we had a fascinating conversation, um, you know, a month and a half ago or so yeah. about some of this, and I think it's important for you know for you to to share this with our listeners and really get mm-hmm. it out there because there's so much more 
to just eat this and do right. these jumping jacks. And Exactly. You know, the, the body is very good at accommodating to the situation it happens to be in. So I tell people, listen, if, if you're um, eating a 2,000 calorie a day diet and you decide to cut it back to 1500 calories without making some of the appropriate changes and and we're not sure if even that's the right amount of calories for you that takes a little bit more sure. time to design a program around that but the the truth of the matter is that your body will accommodate to the amount of calories that it's getting so your metabolism in essence can start to slow down if you don't eat enough food. And then what happens, a lot of my clients, they, they say, oh, this isn't working, and they go back to the way they were eating prior, so they raise their calories, but their metabolic rate is down. So not only do they regain the weight that they lost, they tend to gain it back as stored body fat as opposed to lean muscle mass. Right. So you're actually, and you keep doing that yo-yo diet year in, year out. The scale may stay the same, you know, it may say, okay, I'm back to 200 pounds again, but your percent body fat, your body composition changes. And that's when the people say, uh, yeah, but I weighed this five years ago, but I was a size eight dress. Now I'm a size 12 dress. What, right. what went wrong? And it's funny because I'm just thinking out loud here. I've had women come in here and actually gain weight and lose a dress size right. because sure. their body composition changed. So I say, let's not worry about what the scale says. Let's think about more how you look and feel and how your clothes fit you, because that'll be a, a much better indicator as to as to how we're doing. I love that. Yeah. People say that to me a lot. Christine, what do you weigh? Like 90 pounds? And I got to break out the, like, the Brooklyn accent for some <laughs> <Right>. reason. <laughs> what are you, like 90 pounds? I'm like, no, I'm like 140 pounds. They're like, there's no way you weigh. It, it's muscle. It's yeah. lean muscle. Sure. So it's really... It's very, it's fascinating because people don't understand that. Right. Well, we, we go from having people who have a little bit of metabolic resistance, and over the years, as a person turns 30, 40, and 50, we start to see metabolic damage. And that's usually when people are coming to us when they, they're on a, a medication for their, their adrenals or a medication, rather, for their thyroid. Um, you know, and, and that's something that, that needs to, to be followed because if you continue down this path, you're just never going to get better. And it's like a, it's a spiral. You just keep going down and down and down. So we really try to address people's nutrition and try to get them healthy and then build them up with exercise. But, you know, we, we have five pillars at KM Fitness that we follow. I might as well jump into that. Because yeah, let's absolutely. do it. That'll kind of take us down a path that we want to go. The first thing I look at when someone comes to us is their sleep. I say, let's talk about your sleep. How many hours sleep are you getting at night? Well, you know, I, I do pretty good on five. And I said, well, you may be surviving on five, but you'll never thrive on five. And there's a hormonal effect to sleep. I'll give you an example. Most times when people have difficulty sleeping, there's one of two reasons. They either have anxiety, okay, mm -hmm. or their blood sugar is unstable. Okay, so let's talk about the anxiety first because that tends to be a little bit more of a commonplace. When you're anxious, you get higher cortisol levels. Now, cortisol is always made to be the bad guy, and it's really not. Right. Cortisol is dependent on whose company it's keeping. For example, okay, when people have trouble falling asleep, they'll get up and they may go to eat something, and they're not going to prepare a salad with protein. They're not going to have fibrous carbohydrate and protein. They're probably going to grab something quick and easy, like a simple carbohydrate, a donut, some cookies, um, you know, something that is going to raise their insulin levels. Now, when insulin and cortisol get together, that is a fat-storing metabolism. 
as the contrary would be to someone who's training aggressively and getting that breathless and burning, you're going to get that short-term acute stress release of cortisol, but you're also going to get copious amounts of growth hormone that goes with it, and that puts you in a fat-burning metabolism. So cortisol is not the bad guy. It all depends on whose company it's keeping. So with regards to sleep, we look at the, the, the cortisol effect. Now, what do we know? Uh, what is it out there? What hormone controls cortisol? It's serotonin, right? So we try to find ways to get someone's serotonin levels up so that it'll control the cortisol. Now, when you drop the cortisol down, the body will naturally produce more melatonin, which will help you fall asleep and stay asleep. So there, there are some very natural ingredients that can be used by people to help them fall asleep and stay asleep. There's a lot of different companies that make a lot of different products out there, but the two that come to mind are, are L-theanine and 5-HTP. Okay. And these are things that are serotonin precursors. So I'll recommend a, a product. A product. One of the things we try to do at KM Fitness, we try to give people products that add value to their life, mm-hmm. that are going to help to, to uh, rectify a problem. So we might start with that. Then the next thing we'll talk about is hydration. And and being a runner, Christine and Brian, you know the importance of hydration. Absolutely. Okay. Brian knows more than I do. He does. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when you're out at the New York City Marathon, right, they're constantly rehydrating themselves. Okay. So um, the importance of hydration, we talk uh, a lot about people who have medical issues related to being dehydrated, Mm -hmm. you know, things like digestion, just constant state of dehydration, walking around, you know, um, uh, digestion, pain, arthritis, your skin is Mm -hmm. all affected by being dehydrated. And then of course, nutrition, we could do a whole show just on nutrition. But we find that a lot of the clients that come to me have significant gaps in their nutrition, which is to me is a need for supplementation, because a lot of the stuff that we eat every day doesn't is not grown in our backyards coming Mm -hmm. from thousands of miles away. And it's in a storage container and it's picked before it's ripe. So we know that doesn't have uh, all the nutrients it could need. We have no idea what it's sprayed with pesticides, fungicides, herbicides, all that kind of stuff. All these um, synthetic hormones that get into our system that kind of wreak havoc on our body. So we start to talk a lot about nutrition with the clients as well. And, and again, that could be a, a whole nother show, I'm sure. Then we talk about stress management. And now we're talking about the mental component, which you mentioned earlier. Um, and I teasingly say, smoking like you're on fire and drinking like you're trying to put it out is not good stress management. You know, it really leads to a lot of problems. So we, we look for, for healthy ways to manage stress. And one of them is exercise, right? Because we know that exercise helps to uh, deal with stress. And then last but not least, we get around to exercise. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's funny because you walk in, favorite. Well, you walk into my studio here, and what do you see? You see a bunch of exercise equipment. So when I take you in the office and we start going through the consultation, and we're not talking about exercise. Right. We're talking about sleep, hydration, sure. nutrition. everything but. Yeah, people are like, well, I came here to exercise. I'm like, yes, but. You are. You, Mental and you exercise. Will. But you know what? When you build a house, you don't put the attic on first. You, you right. build a solid foundation, right? And you may spend more time building out that foundation than you do the whole rest of the house. So let's get a solid foundation so that when we start throwing the exercise at you, your body's mentally, physically, emotionally uh, prepared to handle that stress. And then, you know, again, with with the exercise, um, we we can talk a little bit about the hormonal effect of exercise, too, and uh, cardio exercise versus strength training. They're, They're 
different parameters. That let me let at. me stick so, on this for for ahead. a second. What what would you? What are some techniques that you use aside from just the exercise to reduce stress levels? What are some of the things that you suggest? What are some of the things you work with? Well, them on? you know, it's a, and that's a great uh, question, Brian. Um, there are certain things that are so easily available to us that we just kind of overlook them. The first thing I tell my clients is, you know what? Go home and find a show that you can laugh at, like an old Seinfeld re, uh, mm-hmm. rerun or something. Sure. Laughter is used in cancer wellness, and it's, it's a tremendous stress reliever, okay? If you have a dog or a cat, we happen to have two cats in our house, pets can be great sources of stress relief. You're petting your cat. He's purring. She's purring, whatever. Really, it does. It makes absolutely. you feel better. No, no, no. Absolutely. You know, so... Therapy peop- dogs and, and, you know, they're, they're there. They're no, you know, if you go to a, a senior living mm-hmm. facilities and things like that, there's usually a dog walking around because that's just that. Mm-hmm. You know. And I tell people I go for two massages every month whether I think I need it or not because there's tremendous stress relief with massage. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's, that's something that's very easily accessible in this area. And then there's a new thing I came across, which I absolutely love. Do tell. Okay. We, we're fortunate enough to live very close to the Atlantic Ocean. So in the summertime, we go swimming. We go swimming in a large pool of magnesium, for lack of a better right. term, salt water. Salt right? water. But now we have these pods that are like uh, giant bathtubs, uh, and you yeah. lay in this warm water I love with them. Epsom salt. It's yeah. called floating. I haven't done it yet. I am I'll so turned you. on to floating. It's it is so good for you. I'm not going in with you. It's like no, no, alone. No, no. no, you get your own pot. Oh, okay. You get your yeah. own pot. You get your own <laughs> I'll room. take you there. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a, I, no, not a big fan of swimming, so <laughs> like, I'm a little bit nervous now, about that. We, we're fortunate in, in a situation where, where my clients come to me, and they really, you know, they're, they're paying a little bit of a premium to come see mm-hmm. me. I, I won't hide that at all. You but pay for what you get. I, exactly. That's how I feel in life. That you you can go to a you know Joey Donuts who got mm-hmm. his degree online and somewhere or sorry to right. say that someone's gonna hate me for this, no, but right. it's true. You and I think it's important to say this to people that are listening. We hear this a lot about you know that's money or this is money or that's money. There is nothing more important than your health. Mm-hmm. So if you can't, you know save a little here or there and I know that you know people with a lot of bills and a lot of struggles but that is the most important investment in this world and I know mm-hmm. you know I don't always take great care of myself sometimes I'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. just because of stresses and work but really when I talk to people I get it I get that there's money issues but mm-hmm. this is the best investment right. that you could possibly make and you pay for what you get absolutely yeah. now Outside of my services, the things I just spoke of are relatively inexpensive, quite frankly. You know, for the, for the value you get from going to a place like Float or going for a massage or, you know, um, you know watching a rerun. These are, these are things that we really try to focus on. Now, the other thing is that food can become very stressful to the body if you're eating a diet that has a lot of processed foods, a lot of GMOs a lot of uh, bad fats, that's, that's a tremendous stress on the body. So but eating clean will help to de-stress the body as well. One of the things that I really like to do is I like to get that nice uh, surge of those good hormones flowing with exercise. And there's, a, there's two very easy ways to elicit that type of reaction. Um, for my people who like to run, and I have people come to me that, that really do enjoy running, 
And I say, you know what? Instead of going out for that 20-minute or 30-minute run or biking, biking's another good aerobic sport, I said, I'll tell you what. Go down to the boardwalk. We're all familiar with the Spring Lake or Point Pleasant boardwalk. We have nice boardwalks down here at the Jersey Shore. And I say, I want you to find two benches that are probably somewhere around 150, 200 feet apart. And instead of continuing your jog, I want you to sprint between those two benches as right. hard as you can. Like, some, like, you're on, like you're running out of a house that's on fire. I mean all out. So you get breathless and burning. And then after you do that sprint, then you might have to walk. And then maybe you resume your jog. And instead of going through for a three-mile jog, why don't we do a three-mile Jog, sprint, walk, jog, sprint, walk. And tell me how you feel afterwards. The amount of healing compounds that come down during the parasympathetic, there's two, two things. We have our sympathetic response, which is our fight or flight response, right? And then we have the recovery, the parasympathetic response. And that only happens when the body produces copious amounts of lactic acid in an aggressive aerobic or an aggressive exercise moment okay so think of lactic acid as steam in a locomotive okay you put the water in the locomotive you light the fire you know if it gets up to 200 degrees all you got is hot water Mm -hmm. get it up to 212 degrees you produce steam and that steam will take a 5 10 20 ton locomotive and get it moving in the human body when Lactic acid builds up in the muscles, and it's just through a short-duration sprint or burst, right? Call it burst training, okay? It acts as a neurotransmitter. It goes to the brain, and it says, hey, listen, the exercise we just did, we can't accomplish that much longer than we just did. So the brain goes, fine, I'll take care of it. Starts sending down over 30 tissue repair hormones, things like growth hormone, testosterone, things that are going to influence the engines in your cell called the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. And you get mitochondrial proliferation. All of a sudden, it's easier to lose weight. You get that healing response. Okay, Because back in the day when we were quote-unquote cavemen, right, we might have run into a, a dangerous situation, a wild animal, and survived that encounter. And now we need to heal. So the body has tremendous healing qualities, but you have to elicit those by doing a burst-style training with the, on the boardwalk or doing a strength training-type routine where you take the muscle to temporary muscle failure and you get the lactic acid response. Brian's just taking notes over there. No, 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 no. I, I, do, I use that a lot. We use the, uh, the boardwalks. We stride out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for especially like if um, runners are coming back into shape, uh, maybe coming off of a, a, an off-season and coming back, uh, some of the high schoolers and things like that. They're in between season. Maybe they took a few weeks off. And we'll do that. We'll, you know, we'll do that just to kind of um, really to get, to get heart and lungs working mm-hmm. again and then close it down easy you know we'll, we'll you know we'll have them go, short bursts and uh you know it, it works it, it works really well and plus we can get a lot of work in, in a short amount of time right well you know going back to my college days i was very fortunate to be able to work with dr jack daniels now anyone who's in the sure. running community knows who he is he's taken uh up at Cortland, where i did my undergraduate mm-hmm. we had many years we had uh you know all american uh cross-country runners and he was the first coach in the track, uh, 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 the sport of track and field, that I worked with where he would look at athletes on the track and say, you know what, you're done running today. Your form, your cadence, your technique is way off. You're done. Go back to the gym. Or, and then he would, he would have 
the uh, the the especially with the distance runners, he really started introducing them to strength training. Sure. Because really, think about it. He was uh, yeah. He uh, was a five k for an elite athlete is not a jog. It's a sprint. Mm-hmm. It's an all out. You know, what twelve? Not twelve. Listen to me. I yeah, hate five ks. They hurt me. Yeah. No, no, no. They, yeah, when done but, when done appropriately, they're extremely painful. Yeah. Uh, and and the mile. Nothing scares me more than a mile. I'm I'm about to to run the Philadelphia Marathon, mm-hmm. and and I've trained my butt off, and it's coming up in a, in a couple weeks, and uh, or not even a couple. Uh, deep breaths. Uh, and and uh, you know what? The mile scares me more than anything. The third lap of a mile on the track scares me even more because talk about lactic acid. Um, you know, yeah. we're burning at that point. We're well, the nice thing people say to me, but I don't understand. I don't. I shouldn't have that lactic acid, mm-hmm. that lactic acid buildup. I'm like, no, no. When you're performing, you don't want a lactic acid buildup because it'll decrease from your performance. But when you're training, you want to encourage that. You want to take your body to temporary muscle failure. That is going to allow you to make the changes you need to make. So, you know, it, I, that's why I tell people, if you go out for a, like a little 20-minute run, it's like the locomotive going to 200 degrees. You're wearing your body down, but you're not allowing your body to get the right healing compounds to be released because you're not, you're not working hard enough to get that, that response. So, again, the, the sprint walk or sprint jog, to me, is going to help keep someone healthier they, their body won't break down. They'll have better performances. They'll lose weight quicker. They're going to feel better. The, the euphoria you get, we all talk about the runner's high, right? Sure. But it's elicited through that more of an extreme uh, bout of exercise as opposed to a long, slow, arduous type. How are, how are you getting the same results in the gym? How are you doing that with, uh, within the gym? And, and you Anything. know what? That's a great question because... I have clients that are in their 80s. I was going to ask, because yeah. you have such different clientele that you're not making 85-year-olds run sprints in the boardwalk. No. Right. But, but you'd be but shocked. But you're very successful in what you be, do. Because you can take someone to temporary muscle failure by using a light dumbbell or using what we call manual resistance, sure. where actually I'm putting my hands on that client. And I want them to get to a breathless and burning environment. It's a very safe thing to do cardiovascular. You don't, you don't have to worry about someone having a heart attack in your in your studio because you're you're not doing something that is going to break them down you're actually doing something that's going to build them up so whether i'm working with a 16 year old high school athlete or or an 80 year old woman i can bring both of them to temporary muscle failure the amount of resistance and the amount of time that the muscle stays under tension may be different for the 80 year old it might take a lot less time and a whole lot less tension to get them there than the 16 year old but I could still get them there safely and effectively. Quick question for you, for a lot of people as well. Sure. Um, how do you know that they are there? So when you're training them, is it, you know, the big thing now is everyone's got their hooked right. up to this and that and these. Right. Now is, I mean, it, you've, you've got a lot of years and a lot of experience. Yeah. It, what is it? How do you assess them, I you, guess, my you, question. Yeah, you, you, the, the, the. The client knows when they're there. They can no longer continue. We have a little saying around here, go until you can't, rest until you can. I'm not trying to get you to quit. I'm trying to force you to rest. So let's say I was training you, Christine, and I say, okay, this next exercise, we're going to do this for a minute bout, and then we're going to move on to a different activity. Well, my goal is maybe not the first minute we're doing it, because let's say we're doing a 20-minute routine with you. But the second time you come through on that particular exercise, you may only be able to do 30 to 40 seconds, and then you need to rest. And I'll say, good, I want you to rest when you need to rest. But as soon as you're ready to 
to start up, please pick up and we'll go back. And we could do that by like doing high knees in place or burpee push up or uh, a lunge or an alternated hop lunge. I mean, I can I could take anybody. We can get it. We can get the and get result. them fatigued sure. in less than a minute. You know, depending on mm-hmm. the the level of conditioning of that athlete, some or that individual. So what I do for for Brian or Christine is going to be a whole lot different than the eighty year old woman who's coming in to see me. But I, the goal is I'm still trying to get a hormonal response to the exercise. I'm trying to get that lactic acid response so I get the cascading down of the healing compounds. I think that's important that people know that you go and it's okay to rest, you know, Absolutely. But, and then go again. I mean, and that's a way to, the way that you assess and maybe people can take that, you know, take that home and, right. and use that on their, on their, right. on their own. Nobody exercises. walks into my studio and will say, okay, we're going to do three sets of 10. That's right. That's, that is a, such a waste of time, you know? And if you have a trainer who's doing that, start looking around. <laughs> Cause that's not, see the, the whole key to being a healthcare professional or a fitness professional is that we're professionals. We have a, uh, an education, we have a background, we know what we're doing, and there's a means to an end. You know, there, we're going to do something because we want to achieve a outcome based That's on right. what we're doing. Pieces to the puzzle. Exactly. This isn't just let's see if we can kill a half hour. Yeah. You know, and and half the time you don't even need that. People say, oh well, you know, uh, I go to a place and I train for an hour, and I'm like, well, that might be too much. Because right. most of my clients, 20 to 25 minutes, they're done. I mean, you, there's nothing left. The, now, of course, if you want to walk afterwards to right. restore the body and recover, that's sure. different. I'm talking about specific training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the industry created that hour. Yes, it did. You know, the industry had to figure out a way to pay the trainers, and the people had to book the time, and they had mm-hmm. to book an hour, so they filled it. You know, the industry created the hour, mm-hmm. especially, you know, running practices and things that, you know, we, we do with athletes, like, you know. I don't, we're done when we're done. Yes. You know, it's open-ended and we'll, you know, we'll get there and I don't really know exactly how long it'll be for sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. just based on intervals and things like that. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. Right. Now, again, we, we kind of, we kind of brushed over it a little bit, but in order to train like that, we certainly have to be hydrated. We have to make sure we have enough sleep. Sure. And nutrition is such a, a critical part of the equation as well, especially with weight loss. I mean, how many times do people say, you know, I really need to lose weight and, you know, we'll, the three of us will come back okay. and we'll say, well, abs are made in the kitchen, right? Because that's really... Sometimes, yeah. Uh, I would say, yeah. yeah, definitely. So the hormonal effect of food. So someone says, you know, I had a really great breakfast this morning, had a big bowl of oatmeal and uh, I threw some honey in there and then I threw some chopped up bananas. That's a really good meal for me, right? And I'm like, well, you just ate three carbohydrates <laughs> without a healthy Are you fat. going for an hour run? Yeah, then well, yes, that's a fantastic breakfast. Yeah. Well, and again, most people aren't there. What are they doing? They're going to work, right? right. And sitting. So, so what we do here to try to help with the hormonal effect of food is we start building the meal out with healthy sources of protein. Then we go with fibrous carbohydrates, okay? Because we're going to get uh, we're going to get the the fiber in that. We're going to get a low glycemic index. We're not going to get a lot of um, uh, starches in there. Then we go with a healthy fat. We build in a healthy fat, and it could be things like coconut oil, avocado, uh, olive oil, whatever. And then we add enough starch to the meal just to keep the system running. You know, from from a scientific standpoint, we always say fat burns in a carbohydrate flame. Okay, so when you want to burn calories in a muscle, and we burn it in the mitochondria, I mentioned that before, um, the mitochondria 
requires some sugar to start what's called a Krebs cycle, mm -hmm. which is where you burn fat and oxygen and you get the monetary exchange in the body called ATP. I don't want to get too technical, but you know, you, you still need sugar to run that system. So um, having enough starch just to keep the system running is where we're really at. So if someone wants to have optimal strength and, and conditioning and wants to lose weight in the process, that's how we start building our meals around here. We start with good, healthy sources of protein, fibrous carbohydrates, healthy fats, and then we add starch in at the end. And that's, it also satisfies people. You know, I always say we have Thanksgiving coming up, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're at Thanksgiving meal and someone walks in with a platter of turkey, they might say, hey, would anybody like some more turkey? And you're like, oh, no, I had enough, thanks. But five minutes later, if they walk in with pumpkin pie, you're like, well, maybe I can make some room for that. So it just goes to show you how carbohydrates are perceived by people a whole lot different than protein is. So protein will satisfy you, and then you won't be looking for things that you shouldn't be eating. Because, again, we want optimal health and wellness. And like I said, most people are coming to me because, you know, they have weight to lose. So that's how we, right. that's how we start building it out. Mike Keenan, we could probably talk to you for hours and hours and <laughs> We definitely just on are. Jack Daniels alone. Well, yeah, oh, the running coach. There's so well. <laughs> what an honor to work with him was. was how um, how far along was he with his? Uh, see, I'm fascinated here. Now, I know. Remember, Mike, I know. this is 1985. I was going to ask you when it was. How far along was he with it, with his V dot uh, um, science and things that it, the the VO2 max tra training that he was doing it that he does now primarily. Right. Well, remember this is this is 32 years ago. Right. Okay. Um, I didn't get. How can I say this? I didn't get into like coaching alongside of him. I was his athletic trainer. Right. So I was looking at it from, you know, a little bit more of the injury prevention side. For example, you know, we talk about the running gait, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so forth. He was able to, I was able to stand behind him on a treadmill and he said, this is what running should look like. The heel strike, the foot flat, the toe off, the heel off and all that kind of stuff. And you know, you know, this is what their gait should look like. This is what I'm looking at their hips. This is what I'm looking at their knees. So maybe that was actually, actually, to be honest with you too, that was before my master's degree in exercise physiology. So, yeah, I, I mean, he, he might've been talking over my head at that, at that time, quite he's, frankly. He's still, uh, you know, he's still, um, teaching lectures and he's got a the whole yeah. certification running coach certification now. Mm -hmm. And he's, and I mean, he, he's just, he's still, he's still doing it. He's still coaching. Right. He's still coaching, uh, um, he still coaches some pros, but he's still coaching. Like you know, I, I don't know. Think he's at Cortland anymore, but he's no. he, but he's at um, he, he's gone on to somewhere. I forget. It's just slipping my mind right now. But he usually doesn't go to the high end D one places. He's at places like like Cortland. You know, mm -hmm. it's funny. Cortland was was Division three, but they were always like the top of good. Division yeah. three. That was the school, and we spoke mm -hmm, about this. Sure. You you know you went to Cortland if you were an athlete or you mm -hmm. wanted to do athletic training or, you know, you wanted to go into phys ed teaching mm -hmm. or something like sure. you went to Cortland. So yes. that was, that's huge. Yeah. For, from an, from an athletic training standpoint, that was the school to mm -hmm. go to, unless you went to Ithaca and then you can take exception with that. Cause we said, <laughs> well, that's our big <laughs> yeah, rivalry. Yeah, yeah. We have a, a big football game coming up this weekend. We, it's for the Cortica jug football, uh, Cortland versus Ithaca. So go Cortland, go red dragons. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So um, what I want to do is I know we could probably go on forever, but, um, Mike, I would like you to just 
any last words of wisdom for tonight? Because I think there's so many different avenues that we can go into with mm-hmm. with your background and your knowledge and some of this that of again, Brian and I are just we we're fascinated. This is our, this is what we love to talk it is. about. It's we do. We're just we sit here and we just listen because we, we love d- we it. didn't even talk about exercising per se and, and it just you know the, the your techniques and I know mm-hmm. that you know everything is is proper form right most certainly and and it's just you know you're coming from a physical therapist perspective mm-hmm. as well you know with that and it's uh well with regards to exercise you know obviously you want to go through full range of motion okay now there's times where we may do we may modify the range to try to get a you know, again, trying to get that muscle fatigue. But for the most part, you want to go through a full range of motion. It helps to maintain your flexibility. We also use something called anatomical focus points. So if, for example, if you're doing a bench press, what I tell the clients to do is just try to imagine your inside of your elbows are coming together at the top so that you're, you're keeping, you know, your shoulders, your elbows, your collarbone, uh, all about the same height. Make sure your forearms are perpendicular to the ground. I mean, I, there's a lot of things I do, a lot of coaching cues I sure. do with my clients as far as technique and form, cadence, breathing, those kind of things. That's why, you know, we, we're sitting here, three fitness professionals here. And if you really want to train effectively and safely, you want to get a good diet. You want someone who's going to be a health coach and a fitness trainer. That's why you need to kind of do your homework and find out who in your community is giving you that value. You don't want to walk in and just say, okay, we're going to, let's do three sets of 10 on this, three sets of 10 on that, because that, that could actually be detrimental to your health, quite frankly. You know, and if you're under training, you know, you're going to have to get this false sense of security that you're doing something you're not. And, you know, who knows what the effect of that's going to be long term. By the way, one of the things I didn't mention, I should mention it now, because again, a lot of people come to me with type 2 diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol, and the things you think about that is stroke and heart attack, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't mention this, and I'm, I should mention it right now. When you train like that and you get a lactic acid response, you tend to lower something called C-reactive protein or CRP. Mm-hmm. Okay, CRP is not just a sign of inflammation because they'll test that if you have a heart attack. It, it's not just a sign of inflammation. It's also a cause of further inflama- inflammation. It'll cause a rise in things called interleukins and cytokines, which are immune response. So you can actually lower CRP levels by doing aggressive exercise because, again, you get that natural healing compounds. There's over 30 tissue repair hormones that cascade down with a lactic acid response. So you are definitely going to make your cardiovascular system a lot more robust by doing the correct type of exercise and eliciting a temporary muscle failure type activity, whether it's strength training or doing sprinting on the boardwalk. These are things that are going to help you not just to get fit, but also maintain the, the, the health and integrity of your body and lower inflammation. Again, most of the disease processes we deal with are based on inflammatory process. So I just figured I'd throw that in. Awesome. I love it. I love it too. So a wealth of knowledge, Mike Keenan. Yeah, you know, it's lo- amazing. I, absolutely fascinating. I'm sitting here with yeah. a microphone in front of me, just watching. Yeah, it's fantastic. My man. So, um, Mike Keenan is at KM Fitness. Right. Please make sure that you check him out. We're going to post his information on. Why don't you Cruises. shout it out right now? Yeah, Where can we find you on the web? You, yeah. you can find Let me at the know. web at uh, www.keenanmedicalfitness.com. And we also have a Facebook page. It's called Keenan Fitness. 
We try to post a lot of good information on our Keenan Fitness page, Facebook page. Um, we don't do a lot of selling on like advertising, all that kind of stuff. We really try to put out quality information, that things that people can take and, and use right away. And um, if you go onto YouTube, I probably have over 100 videos on YouTube, which are free, free access. And uh, some of them are short, three to five minutes. Others are an hour-long seminar that I'm. Is that a YouTube page that they can subscribe to? Uh, yes, it's um, under uh, Keenan Fitness. No, Keenan Medical Fitness. I'm sorry, on on YouTube. And um, again, if you're in Manasquan, the corner of Atlantic Avenue and Main Street, we're right there next to the Dairy Queen. Walk, uh, walk past the Dairy you Queen. Walk past the Dairy Queen and, and the bagel shop. Get the Dairy Queen and bagel <laughs> shop, and it's much healthier hey, than it's the two a, of those. It, it, it's, it has potential for the prime location for, uh, you know, clients. Right. And, and again, you know, um, engage with us on, on, on personal, uh, on the social media. I love answering questions. I, I love talking in front of groups, so... Um, we're here, you know, pick my brain. I, I really, you know, get, want to give value to people's lives. That's, that's my goal. That's important. Amazing. With that said, great. Mike Keenan, seriously, everybody, please check him out because again, he's a wonderful person, great story and very much a professional and very knowledgeable in the fitness, health, wellness, and nutrition field. So with that said, Brian, with uh, how many days is it until the Philadelphia Marathon? I thought you were going to say how many more days do you have to wear that silly mustache. No. <laughs> no. No, I'm about to. Uh, I'm trying not to make today? you nervous. Today is for the, the, uh, the 8th. The eighth, uh, it's the 19th of November. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Feeling really good, you ready actually. Ready to go? Yeah. Ready yeah, to go no, 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 I'm, I'm ready to rumble. Ready to rumble, ready to get some rest for the next uh, I'm you know, trying few to send days. you send you like the, the chill like laid back vibes over here I'm trying to yeah just roll up i, I don't know mike keenan's got me wanting up. to go out and hit the boardwalk me right too. now and sprint some uh some, yeah. you know some park some benches I'm but like, uh see yeah that <laughs> muscle failure that works that's i'm not running a lot let's just let's just sprint i'll come back on the 20th we'll talk about lactic acid yeah. build up in legs oh my. <laughs> and walking up and down the stairs and putting my shoes and on floating yeah mm-hmm. yeah well i'll definitely use the float that week after that yes. oh for sure oh, for great. sure i'm too. glad you brought that up i love i love the uh the floating they'll look um, into it you know I, I do i do some acupuncture uh for, for things like that and uh and also uh just some mindfulness meditation things like that so mm-hmm. uh trying to uh our prayer don't yeah, forget about that absolutely so with that said everyone this is another episode in the books and i am christine conti and brian prendergast and we are two fit crazies and the microphone where it's at thanks everybody we'll see you soon